0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3. I'm joined today by Coach Natty T and Coach Wake Up. Welcome back, brother.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's been, <laughs> it's been a while, man. Y'all y'all been holding it down though.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, wait. We try Always. it, man. We try it. Yeah, y'all
1: been holding it down. This, this is this is this is a good place to just, you know, break away in the week on a good note. You That's know so. what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy. To, I'm ready to get into it. Like
0: let's cool. Cool. Let's rap. Well, we'll jump right into it. You know, we we've been we've lost a lot of people, uh, and it seems like a, as of late we've lost a lot of people just back to back to back to back. Uh, you know, you know Don Cheney. Uh, then you had Cicely Tyson. Uh, we had you know John Thompson. Chadwick Bozeman. We just had all these people just kind of yeah just going, just leaving us, you know yeah. Um, and so this this week, a lot of people were we're thinking of, of of Kobe Bryant and, and the legacy he, he has left uh, and, and a celebration of his life. So the one-year anniversary, just celebrating his life. And so I thought um, we can just go around and and just talk about what Kobe ha- has meant to us and maybe a memorable moment. So uh, Coach Natty T, we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, so, you know, like you said, it's the one-year anniversary, unfortunately, with Kobe and Gianna and and the other folks that fa- passed away that day. But um, honestly, like, cause it was what, Tuesday? Yeah, it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't watch anything. It, it's I still get a little emotional about it, honestly. Cause like Absolutely. watching it, I was like, man. And it still doesn't seem real to me. Like, I feel like he's just gonna pop up somewhere. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was just <laughs> for a minute. Is
0: that Kobe like at the just, gas station? That's what I'm saying. I knew like, it. It just, I do it. <laughs> it just don't
2: seem real to me. But yeah, um, mm. but yeah, but I think, and then even just throughout the whole year, just thinking about, like you said, all the people that was kind of passed, it's just like, it's just that constant reminder of like, obviously, the cliche statement of like, you know, just living every day to its fullest and appreciating everything, even the little things about life, you know. But I guess going back to Kobe, I think most the thing I remember most about Kobe is the Blazers, like on their way to the first championship, when he crossed up Scottie Pippen and threw the alley oop to 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 Shaq. Yes, I think that's always my standout moment with Kobe because I feel like that's when like he officially officially arrived. Because mm-hmm. like you before that, they were still like kind of figuring it out, like because he had like the air ball game with Utah. And then, you know, him and, Co- him and Shaq just couldn't figure out how to beat the Utah Jazz. And then, but I feel like that moment is when it was like, all right, well, yeah, it's time. So for me, like, I, that's just what I always remember just watching that game. And it was just like a very vivid moment. And then obviously you have like the 81, but it wasn't like a nationally televised game. So it, we kind of heard about it like afterwards. So mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen it live. But that's kind of like my most memorable moment about Kobe. But, you know, it's, it's still it still gets me emotional, man. Like I, I just I still can't believe like he's gone. So that's, yeah. that's that's really like the thing that hits me the most. And then, you know, especially with Gigi as well, like that's what really got me man because when because like i because even just remembering that that day when i heard you know when i was official that kobe had passed i was like man but then found out Gigi was on the plane too like i was like almost in tears now i don't even know why just like man but uh but yeah you know his legacy is 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 cemented so you know hopefully people can you know learn from the mama mentality just apply it to their own lives,
0: you know. So mm-hmm. that's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well said. I well said, Coach, wake up. What are your thoughts?
1: So I wasn't I am I'm, I'm on record saying that I wasn't like the big Kobe fan while he was an active player. Me either. Um you know, <laughs> thought he was the Jordan knockoff. And being a, a big fan of Mike, I just didn't need an alt an alternate version of him. Um but he's one of those people that I grew to really appreciate after he retired. Um, what really got me was, uh, his documentary muse. Um, it really gave me insight into how he thinks. Um, and I, I, I appreciate someone who, uh, becomes a nerd and obsessed with their profession. Um, you know, the level of detail that he understands the game of basketball. And then on the flip side of that, to be able to, um, educate others about it, you know, because they all, they always used to tell us, uh, you know, when we were doing like ministry, it's like, well, you don't really know it until you can teach it to a child. Mm. So to see Kobe, uh, teaching, uh, you know, his daughter and their basketball team taking a vested interest in women's sports and then really becoming a fan with like detail. You know, I'm that way with music, I'm that way with wrestling, I'm that way with sneakers, like just really obsessing about certain things that most people won't catch to see somebody else do that um, was just really, really dope to see. And I was looking forward to like his real farewell, his real farewell tour uh the one that Paul Pierce wasn't gonna get because he wasn't Kobe and they don't love him <laughs> like that. Yeah, I love him, love him. <laughs> they don't love him like that. love him like that. So my my biggest moment honestly was probably when he when he got into the music space and mm-hmm. he, he was like first he was rapping on the Brian McKnight record and I was like nah, nah.
3: <laughs> back at he, had
1: to, he had the Destiny's child record <laughs> 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 he did he have the record with Beyonce, and I'm like, ah, yeah. but what kind of gave him credibility for me was that he had a record with Beanie Siegel and Black Thought. And I right. was like, hmm, that sort of um uh willingness to be the best just doesn't stick to basketball. He's right. like, Well, if I'm gonna rap, I'm not gonna be like Shaq and get with the fooshnickens. Anybody yeah. can out rap the foo-schnickens. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get on the record with the best of the best, and I'm gonna flex my muscle and, and prove that I can hang. And you know, though his rap career didn't pan out, I appreciated the attempt, and that was the first time I just kind of looked and was like, "All right, cool." Like he he all right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I don't, I don't need I don't need Jordan Part Two, but some of the other stuff, and even like the the Adidas, the the, the early Kobe's, and yeah, you know There were certain parts of, of his game that I appreciated over time, but that was my biggest one.
0: Man, he left so much for us to think about, right, and, and going over this topic. Uh, I'm with you, Coach Natty T, as far as I couldn't really listen or watch much this week. Uh, it, was, mm-hmm. it was one of those things, like, I really never teared up off of people uh, that I didn't know pass passing away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. as a teenager, I think you remember this, uh Natty, when Aaliyah passed away. Yeah. I, we, I, was, I was hurt hanging, by that one. Yeah, way.
2: yeah. I was yeah I was we hurt was, by that one. Yeah, we were taking out yeah. That was Cause true. I was
0: listen man i was i was weeping i I felt like god took my wife away bro i was like listen don't don't do it because like natty had a magazine earlier that day because she modeled for tommy Hilfiger. yeah so like we were just literally talking about her like in her music and everything like that and just to see her her, pass away it's like wow we were just talking about this person and yeah because it was like
2: early it was like an early sunday morning because we yes it was yeah i remember that and mm-hmm. then the white, the, I forget that white guy's name on MTV
0: News. It just came
2: uh, Kurt, Loder. Kurt Loder. Kurt Loder. That's what it was. Yeah.
0: yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And yeah. then Sway yeah. broke the news, too, on, on one of the shows. And for that, yeah. I couldn't even look at Sway the same way. I was like, no, you hurt me, bro. <laughs> like, like,
1: It's your okay. fault. You it's killed him. You
0: killed <laughs> You did this. Uh, but, you know, Kobe was another person. Like, as much as I liked Michael Jackson's music, I didn't feel the same way when he passed. I thought mm-hmm. it was very unfortunate. I was sad, but not to that level. Mm -hmm. But when Kobe, I actually, you know, sat there uh, with my girlfriend and just I just actually cried a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God, like I didn't even know this dude. And then, you know, I think it did it for me. yeah, to find out that there were so many other people that lost their lives, including his daughter. And I looked at I was like, man, a kid just lost both of his parents. Like, come on, man. Like that. That was heavy. That was heavy right there. Um, I look at a series. I think there was about seven games in the mid 2000s where Kobe had 40 plus points in that stretch where he was literally unstoppable. Uh, And it came at a point where team-wise, the Lakers needed it the most. Mm. Uh, And and so to see someone just go and be like, I got this. Like, you don't really see a lot of people able to do that and sustain it. I think a lot of the talent we see in the NBA is good enough to do that for a game or two, to be able to say, nah, don't worry about it. I'm going to make sure we win these games and then go off in seven, eight straight games and do that to see someone impose their will on, 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 uh, on teams like that, I thought was big. Uh, and I say the other one I think about is the 2009, uh, Denver Nuggets series. Yes. Everyone was looking at, this might be Carmelo's year to go to the finals. Yeah. And then awesome. Kobe literally was like over my dead body. Like, like literally, that's what Kobe was thinking. And when I, I appreciated watching it, and I I rooted against Kobe in pretty much every finals that they participated in. Like full even the, disclosure, even the Celtics. Yeah, even the Celtics, <laughs> even the Celtics. <laughs> I mean, the whole like Nate Robinson and and Big Baby Davis story, like they were doing that narrative, and I was like, oh wow, like you know Ray Allen gets to get another one, and Kevin Garnett gets to get a, it'll be a nice. Run, How you know, a black coach winning another NBA championship, like going. I was like, that would be dope. That would be dope. Uh, you know, Alan Iverson was my guy. We talked about that in our last show. Like, so I definitely wanted Kobe to lose in in two thousand, you know, one. Uh, wanted Reggie to get one in two thousand, and you know, so on and so on. But I remember that Nugget series, and I was like, oh, you know, they might do it. Billups and, and, and Carmelo look unstoppable right now.
2: Yeah,
0: Jr. and K. Yeah.
2: Martin. That is yeah. what.
1: That's, that's Trina, Eric, Kenyon Martin with the lips tattooed on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they
2: had a squad.
0: Yes, they yes. did. Like, you weren't putting anything up on the interior if Kenyon Martin was around. Like, it was going to go the opposite direction. Yep. So
1: or you were going to go in the opposite
0: direction. Either <laughs> <laughs> way, something was going on the other side of the yes. course. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And see, like, the Nuggets actually gained momentum in that. So it, the, they, were, they were close wins, but I'm like, you know, Denver might squeak out with this because Kobe had notoriously owned the Denver Nuggets in the, in the playoffs and in the regular season, mm-hmm. this was the best team that they had available to offer him. And mm-hmm. I was like, this team might get it done. And then Kobe just goes off for 41 shoots, shoots a three in the four quarter in J.R. Smith's face. And I never really understood at that moment why the tide suddenly turned in that series. I'm like, man, just Kobe's just doing it. But when he did the detail about that series I understood the mentality that went into that game because he was literally saying, so in the first quarter, Carmelo comes over here and then they set a screen. So then he comes around, he go, and the defender goes underneath. So I knew next time I need to go on top of that. I'm going to take the shot away from him and I'm going to dribble and I'm going to force him to go to the big. Uh, So when they run this play on the third quarter, I know exactly what to adjust. And then I tell my teammate to do it. Like he's literally just saying, I've seen this before, I'm gonna tell you what to do now, or I'm going to be different now. Just to have that level of expertise, I appreciate when people are students of their craft and take it seriously, and Kobe is the epitome of that. Uh, so though I, I rooted against him a lot, I I always respected him. Uh, mm-hmm. And just to see his off the court endeavors, uh, that whatever he puts his mind to, he has some level of success, which is which is very respectful. So yep. Thanks. yeah. Now, that's kind of my memory of Kobe there. Uh, and so, you know, let it, I think it's important for us, the people who got a chance to see him, especially, to make sure we keep legacies of folks alive. Um, Thanks. While, you know, give them flowers while they're here and also give them flowers when they, you know, when they're not here. Uh, we need to be able to do both of those things in society. And Too, too often we wait too long to give somebody props. Now they Thanks. can't, you know. Uh, and I, as we talked in another episode, Coach 19 and I were talking about this when it came to comparing people's careers, like Kobe's career, basketball career, just kind of gets disrespected out of even a remote sentence in a GOAT conversation. Like, it's just like, it's Jordan, LeBron, and no one else mm-hmm. is even close to that. Um, and Kobe put quite a body of work together yeah. to be considered. You know, so.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: Speaking of quite a a body of work, you know, we always talk about the LeBron versus Jordans and we've been trying to do, you know, NFL, people talk about Rogers versus Brady, and we've tried to throw some different kind of versus conversations because there's so many people who have contributed to the greatness of the games. And I think it's disrespectful if we don't acknowledge their contributions and just kind of like let their legacies die. Mm. Uh, So one of them, Reggie Miller, Versus Ray Allen, and we're gonna attack this from a couple angles. You know, some of us are gonna talk about who we rather have, uh, some of us talk about who has the better body of work, so therefore they're the greater player. Coach Wakeup, I know this one is specifically uh, a <laughs> spot for you. This, this one means, means a lot to you. Go ahead and lead us out in this debate.
1: I wanna first give uh, kudos to Reggie Miller for being so gracious when uh, Steph Curry passed him this week uh, Mm -hmm. in the all time uh, three points made. Um, Very, very gracious, like was not, you know, I think if you think about like worst case scenario, gracious is like Shaq, like Shaq just don't want nobody to succeed (laughs) that's younger than him. But on the flip side, like just to see the graciousness, it's like, it's very humbling to see someone who's great, allow somebody else to do something better than them. Um, So, you know, Much respect to Reggie Miller for doing that. And, you know, a lot of people know, you know, Miami Heat, corner three, Ray Allen. Mm -hmm. Um, But Milwaukee Bucks, Ray Allen was a dog. Seattle Sonics, Ray Allen was a dog. Um, Could get to the hoop at will. Sneaker game was super on point. Um, And with that said, Reggie Miller is a dog's dog. <laughs> if we talking dogs, someone who is just willing to rip the heart out of his opponent and look them in the eye while they do it mm-hmm. to score, which is my favorite sports play of all time, nine points in seven seconds. Mm. Um, I watched that live as a child, and I was like, "That is incredible." Um, so I'm not even going <clears throat> stats because it's not really my lane. I'm more of a feel person. Um and I feel like Reggie Miller is still even though Steph Curry passed him, Reggie Miller is still the greatest shooter uh we've ever seen. That includes Larry Bird, that includes anybody you can think of. If I'm going three-point contests, if I'm going in a game a 21 where you can only shoot threes, I want Reggie Miller on my team. Or if I have if I'm playing against Reggie Miller, I'm keeping him off of outside the three point is I'm making him drive as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um so much respect to Ray Allen. I love Ray Allen, but um I got to go Reggie, man. That's my that's my guy. It's one of my favorite players ever. That's my dude.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said, Coach Natty T. Who you got, man?
2: Ooh. Yeah, so that yeah, this one was tough cuz like I said it's kind of doing my research <laughs> all week and we talked about it a little bit offline, James, but when you look at their careers, and I know Coach Wake Wakeup said he's not a stats guy, but when I actually do look at the stats, it's actually shocking how similar their stats are, almost identical. Hmm. So I'm looking at Ray Allen, points per game, 18.9. Reggie Miller, 18.2. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, assists 3.4 for Ray Allen and then three for Reggie. Mm. And then three point shooting percentage, uh, career for uh, Reggie is 39%. I'll round that up to 40 because 0.395 I'll round it up. And then Ray Allen is 40%. So they're identical. And I, I was I was very shocked to see how similar their numbers are. Um I think Ray Allen had more years of averaging over 20 points per game, so you know, yeah. whatever. Um, and as Coach Wake Up said, I think most people remember the Ray Allen corner three, probably the most clutch shot ever taken and made in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um And I think the lazy argument says Ray Allen because he has two rings, but I'm going to go with Reggie. I I think... Man. (laughs) I actually think Ray, because to Coach Wakeup's point, like the Milwaukee and Seattle Ray Allen, like people forget he wasn't just a three-point shooter. Like he could, Mm -hmm. not that he had a great handle, but he could actually like take you off the dribble and dunk on you. Yep. Whereas Reggie was like pretty much straight up shooter, yep. But I do think Reggie, dare I say, was more feared. I would I would say mm-hmm. more so than Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. I think Ray Allen obviously had respect as a player. He was an, he was a you know multi year All Star, and obviously him being part of the Big Three, and you know they did their thing. But I, I think Reggie as an individual was more feared in the NBA. And the fact that he was able to at least get to the finals, and not necessarily the fact that he was necessarily carried them, quote unquote, because those teams were kind of more balanced. Yeah. But he was the best player on those teams. And he got them to the finals twice. Mm -hmm. So just based on that fact for me, and and again, the fear factor going back to that New York Knicks, the infamous New York Knicks game. I mean, I, I think he just Filthy. strikes more fear in you than Ray Allen did. So that's why I'm going to go with Reggie, just, just off of the fear factor. Because he when he got going, like, you were like, oh, boy. Yep. So, I mean, even as much as I love Michael Jordan, even Michael was like, yeah, because like, he used to get on Michael's nerves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know May Michael sw- May Michael swing on him. Mm-hmm.
2: May Michael swing on him. And again, like, you know, we, we all saw The Last Dance, and Mike likes to make up stories about people. Mm-hmm. But you can tell he had the utmost respect for Reggie because he yes. was, like, legitimately annoyed and concerned about Reggie.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that's why I got to go with Reggie. Slightly over Ray Allen.
1: Man. <laughs> you got Coach JP? Who you got?
0: Listen, man, I, before we even got on air, I was sitting here like, Natty, I still don't know who I'm going to be. I've tough. been researching all week. And it's hard for me to say definitively this is the better career or this is who I'd rather rather have. Uh, Because, you know, I don't look at who can you trust in critical moments because I think you could trust both of them. Absolutely. Like, I think they've proven that both of them are capable of doing that um, in, in an equal way. At first, I was like, Ray. And then later this week, I was like, Reggie. And then... Today I'm like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I may have to I may have to print a retraction after this episode. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go with Ray Allen. And I'm going to go with him because I feel that in a team sport, what you do to maximize the people around you matters which is why when we had the LeBron Kobe, I still picked LeBron, even though Kobe had some better stats in areas and LeBron has some better stats in areas. And cause it is hard to go by stats and Reggie has more points. Uh, they're pretty close in shooting percentage. Uh, Ray Allen has more rebounds, more assists, uh, almost identical efficiency rating. Championships, of course, Ray Allen gets that, but he was never the best player on those teams. You know, he was the third option and, and Boston, and I guess the fourth option in Miami, you know, Wade, Bosch, and LeBron, then it would be Ray he came Allen. came off the bench. He yeah. came off the
2: bench from Miami.
0: Yeah. So, and All-Stars, a lot of people, you know, when I was reading up on some of this, a lot of people said, well, it's hands down because Richard Williams got five All-Stars, Ray Allen got 10. I'm a big con- contextual person, and I'm like, you're a shooting guard in the Eastern Conference in the 90s you're automatically battling for a bench
1: role because
0: Jordan is going to get that, that first spot.
1: 100%.
0: Right. So I think that matters. I think that matters because it wasn't as a given in Ray Allen's era, who was going to get that, that position Mm -hmm. in the all-star game. So that's right. uh, And neither one of them came away with the MVP. Uh, but I will say that I think one of the things that does matter is looking at, uh, who makes the people around him better. I think Ray Allen did a little bit better of a job doing that over his career. And what you said, coach Natty T, like if you, you can frustrate Reggie, if you can keep him off the three point line and you can kind of get him out of it because no one feared him taking it to the basket, but Ray Allen, it didn't matter what you did. If you guard the perimeter, he's just going to take you off the dribble. If you keep him from the interior, he's just going to kill you all day from the perimeter. Mm. So I think he brought more of it. And one of the things that I think, made people so fearful of Reggie Miller is because he was externally, he was vocal. He was externally going to mm-hmm. be a jerk to you. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Like, and he yep. knew he was because he knew if he could win the mind game, he was talented enough to be like, okay, if I get you defenses down, it's rap for you because I'm just going to take advantage of the entire game. That's right. Ray Allen didn't really have to say, but he was just like, I'm just, I'm just, I just think I'm better than you. So I'm just going to be better than you in this game. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to tell you that the scoreboard's gonna tell you that. That's right. And, and so that that is kind of how I lean towards Ray Allen and that is because he's multidimensional. Um and you could say, yeah, Ray Allen also won a three-point contest and all, all of that, um, too. And the um, the all-NBA teams, they were kind of they both won on the Olympic team. So everything is almost balancing out. but I think that's the determining factor, is are you multi-dimensional? If I take this away from you, can you still be effective in the game? Mm. I can definitively say that for Ray Allen. Not as much for Reggie Miller. Mm. I go with Ray Allen. I like fair. it. It's fair. By it's a very slim percentage. Fair. As slim it's percentage it's as those stats separate them, that's how, I, how confident I feel about this remark. I respect yeah.
1: it. I respect it.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. That was hard. That was hard. I, I, I love them both. I hated Reggie. As when he was playing, though, like don't get me wrong. Oh, same,
2: yeah. I mean, because I, I mean, I was Jordan all day, so. But I kind of, kind of to wake up's point with Kobe, and I agree with the the Kobe appreciation after he left because I felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Ray uh, Reggie Miller as an announcer, I absolutely love him as an announcer. Yes! Wow! Because he's, like, he's like he's like the Black Bill Walton to me. <laughs> I respect. I, I respect. I, I that. Absolutely love. Hearing him commentate on basketball is fantastic. But yeah, I mean, when he was playing, I mean, I was a big Jordan fan. So
0: yeah. I,
2: man, because I never forget Reggie for pushing off, even though they won the series, so it doesn't matter in the end. The Bulls won game seven in ninety-eight, mm-hmm. but I never for I'll never forget Reggie for pushing off on Michael in game six and hitting that shot. Oh he yeah. was twirling around. Yeah. Oh, that made me so bad. Yeah. <laughs> never ever forget. Yeah. Oh man, I oh, was so yes. I'm so bad, dude. Oh. yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Because that was one of the few times where as Bulls fans, as Jordan fans, we were kind of sweating like, ner- bro, nervous. like nervous. Like they might actually upset the Bulls in this series. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. Nervous.
2: Yeah. Nervous. Yeah.
0: Nervous. yeah. Oh, and so, and, and yeah. quickly, I will say to Ray Allen's credit too. I I forget to I forgot to mention this. In his Milwaukee days. <laughs> We talked about how great Allen Iverson was mm. um, in, his game, in the game. Mm. That year when they played the Lakers in the Ooh. finals, they had to go through the Bucks in order to do that. And the Bucks had a legitimate shot of winning the Eastern Conference finals. But let's talk about who was on the team. Vin Baker, mm. Irvin Johnson, not Magic Johnson. I'm talking Irvin. about Irvin Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Big boy number Irvin. 40 Johnson. Yes, sir. And sure. I think Sam Cassell might have been their point. So, like, you t- you talk about, like, uh, Glenn Robinson. I think Big Dog Robinson was on there, Yeah, that that that's what I'm saying.
2: Big Dog was yeah. on there, too. Big, Big Dog was Big on there, too. socks.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. So, and their bench was really mediocre. And I, and so I just look at it like he still was able to carry a team to the – not carry a team, but be the leader of a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. When Reggie, I think their team – stayed together longer so they were able to materialize things so mark jackson had been there for a while rick smiths had been there for a while the davis brothers have been there for a while yeah. chris mullen was kind of a later addition, but like their core team have played together for some time yeah uh, so yeah it's a great
2: point yeah we uh, that there we gotta talk in a future show that Speaking of Alan Iverson, we gotta talk about how bad that team was and how <laughs> amazing Allen Iverson Uh Atrocious!
0: That, oh my god, we gotta
2: we gotta have a section on that on a future episode. But
0: keep yes, going. That's definitely <laughs> that's definitely going down going on the, in the notes. At, we, gotta, yeah.
1: we gotta have we gotta have Coach Smurf on that one. Yeah, for Eric Snow. For Snow. <laughs> yeah,
2: man. Because oh my goodness, that yeah. team was. I, I don't even know how they made it.
0: Man. I didn't even want to play with that team on 2K for real. Man, like,
1: <laughs> and that was 2001. So and, uh, if, you're, if you're, playing 2K, you're playing Vince Carter, you're playing Allen Iverson or Kobe. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's
0: it. it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, man. And, and so we we sound like a bunch of old heads right now to some of our younger audience members that's who are it. like, Vince Carter, you mean that old guy that could barely duck? Like, or man, yeah, who man, is this? Man, who, who listen. This? Nah, dog. Listen. <laughs> nah. I. One thing, if you if you're if you're a young person that has not watched like the early two thousands basketball and nineties basketball, you're gonna learn a lot on this show. And so, just kind of listen to what we say and and try look up some videos on YouTube. All the evidence is out there in the public now, you know. So, there's
1: no uh, reason for you to be ignorant.
0: No reason, no reason at all. So we're gonna have Coach Ninety T open up in this section, just kind of the old heads versus modern day players. What, what is the difference? What do you think? And what does that mean to you, Coach Natity?
2: Well, thinking about this topic, because um, it's just been some <laughs> trending topics, if you will, over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, Coach, wake up because you sent that text about um, Karl Malone's comments on Zion. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, everybody's getting on Shaq about what he said to um, Donovan Mitchell after the game and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, even slightly off topic with music for those that aren't into music, but there's a whole anti-sampling thing of like I don't Ugh. know what's wrong with y'all. But <laughs> <laughs> Foolishness. <laughs> Foolishness. Foolishness. But really, my my take on it is I, I think I guess we're in the transition of being old heads because we're all in our 30s, so <laughs> we're like in that. Ooh. We still have like a, a hand on the young folks and then like, but we're coming up on the old folks. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it really just depends on the topic for me. Because um, when it goes back to the Carmelone, what he said about Zion, I don't necessarily have a problem with anything that he said. And then this is where I do think the media is very tricky because mm-hmm. we don't know if he was asked the question and he's just answering it. And he just gave his honest opinion or did he give that up like as an unsolicited comment because like if he does that then yeah like i was like eh, that's maybe a little bit of hating. Sure. but if, if uh, somebody asks him the question
1: it, it was all the smoke
2: oh okay if he well, asks the question then what he's given his honest opinion. opinion like exactly there's no problem with that and even with what shaq said about donovan mitchell I mean, he's just like, hey, I think you're a good player, but, you know, I don't know if you have what it takes to get to the next level. Okay. He's I mean, allowed
1: to say that. Yeah. He's allowed
2: yeah. to say that. He's a basketball analyst. Like, he's not yeah. there just to prop people up. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I just feel like <laughs> with the younger generation, and I guess we'll get into this in our, in our last topic, but I, I just feel like there's such a – negative connotation to constructive criticism that people just take it as hating and like, oh, I don't wanna to listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think there's something to be learned from a guy like Shaq, a guy like Carmelo, who's been there, done that. And I think it's okay for them to challenge the young guys a little bit, like step up and just like prove me wrong. That's it. Because yeah. again, me, if like, if I'm Shaq, I mean, you playing well or not playing well don't hurt me. I'm mm-hmm. here talking about basketball
0: that's right <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right i'm gonna talk about you either way So right. there's no benefit
2: there's no benefit in carl or shaq saying what they said about zion and donovan mitchell there's no like there's no benefit to that. they're just giving their honest opinion so that's right. for people to feel like oh oh they're just hating because they want to stay in the limelight it's like no dude i'm a hall of fame basketball player Say, <laughs>
3: Shaquille I Shaquille kill like, Right, man. Yeah.
2: Like I'm Shaq, I'm Carmelo. Like I don't need, I don't need to say anything to try to gain any clout. Like I'm perfectly fine where I'm at. That's right. So the whole old heads versus these young players, man. I, I just these cats is a little too sensitive, man. That's all. I do. <laughs> that's that's my that's my first lap. I'll let y'all go.
1: That's your first lap. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: another thing and that, that episode of fresh Prince where uncle phil like keeps coming back into the house yeah, like, yeah he, yeah, he, yeah, he coming th- back to the front door and then he come through where the pool house is like and yeah
2: yep. that's uh, I, yeah I, I, y'all go man
0: because I, yeah. I just man i don't know coach wake up what's up with this old heads versus new heads man
1: i think i think it's two ways like i'm always trying to see both sides of the coin um, and that's just a that's just a life mantra of mine. So my experience with the with the younger players, or just younger fans, or just the younger generation in general, you know, for people to live in the information age, there is twofold. On one hand, you have access to bear witness to all of the things that the older people are talking about. Um, it's a little different than maybe generations before us because you know, like our parents and our grandparents would have had to document that stuff. So if they didn't document it, we didn't really have the ability to see it. Whereas now I can tell my son, I tell him all the time, my son asks questions about, you know, video games and sports and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, check it out on YouTube. And he can pull it up himself and see it and then ask questions. But the other thing that that the younger people are just not going to get, and they don't, they're not going to understand this until they become the old heads, is the moment. And I think so I think so often we're so busy doing this in the moment, Mm -hmm. like trying to capture it, that we are not immersing ourselves in the moment itself. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And so, you know, if I'm at a if I'm at a game. And I see and I see Jordan pass the car and hit the game winner, you know, if I'm not a photographer or something like I'm going to be on the edge of my seat, I'm not trying to necessarily get the moment. It's cool, but also having the wherewithal if you're going to do that having the wherewithal to understand like what you're doing and where you are and to like soak in the moment and the memory and the emotions and the context and what was going on at the time like all of that stuff is important and you can't really teach that or show that to the kids and the youth they're just not going to get that until they have kids um and they're trying to teach them some stuff and they get dismissed and they're like <laughs> how dare you right because the youngins that's the thing about youth the the youngins are always going to think that they're they're always going to believe that they're young until they're not mm-hmm. you know so and I think for the older people I think we I think we could just do a, a better job of uh just relaying information um and also just trying to tap into what they what they're experiencing, like helping them experience their moments as well, and also recognizing that they experience their moments a little different from from the way that we did just because the world is so different. You know my, I got a 15 year old and an 11 year old and they, the way that they process the world is way beyond the way that I, I had to at my age. Like there's a maturity to them. That they, uh, that they have to have in order to be successful in this world that I didn't, you know what I'm saying? So I see both sides, but ultimately like when you just jump out the window and just say stupid stuff, you know, when you, when you say, oh, uh, you know, sampling is stealing.
2: Yes, man.
1: And it's just like, <sighs> you just look really stupid. Like, you just look dumb. May you know? I ask,
0: who was that aimed toward? Because a lot of these new artists are still sampling from people. So what, what, are they, what are they really talking about?
1: They're still sampling. They're sampling, like, stuff that's, like, if you, half of the songs on the radio come from Hitmaker. We know him as Berg. Right. And all he does is take R&B records from the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. And throws trap drums over him. Like, that's still sampling.
2: But that's, but see, and then then before you go. No, 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 no,
1: I'm done. I'm done.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, (laughs) just before you go, JP3, because this is, and we we just finished talking about Kobe and his appreciation for his craft, right? I'm not saying that all the younger folks have to have that level of cerebral mentality when they're talking about whatever it is they're talking about but there should be some base fundamental level of understanding stuff that you supposedly like. Like, so those, those people, those fans of music, like you should at least, and I think it is somewhat incumbent upon us, like the older generation to kind of at least facilitate that knowledge a little bit. However, when I was, you know, really hard on making beats, like, I would just go look stuff up and listen to it. Like I may not like it, but I would go look up. Like if there was beats that I liked, I would go on the internet. And it wasn't even the internet wasn't even what it was now. I would go on the internet, go on who sampled. Yep. Oh, that's the original sample. Oh, let me see if I can find what the original sample sounds like. Yeah. Oh, that's the part that he took. Mm. Huh. Like just simple stuff like that. There Mm. should be a simple like a base curiosity to things that you just say, you know what? I wonder where that came from. And that's, that's kind of the problem I have with some of the younger generation. Right. It's just like, there's not even a, there's not even a willingness of curiosity anymore. It's just like, Oh, Oh, that's it. Okay. That's it. I I don't need to see anything else. Like you should be able to have like some sort of imagination to say like, Oh, I wonder where that came from. Mm-hmm. But whatever. That's my second lap. I'm done. <laughs> Come back. That's a good oh. right. I just, it really, I just. Uh, uh,
0: we hit a nerve. We hit a nerve. <laughs> <Nuh-uh. laughs> okay. I'm going to try to keep this one, this one short. I have a lot to say about this, but because I, those who don't know, I work with college students. So I'm always hearing some very interesting things about how they feel. Uh, about music and movies and sports. And, and we kind of use each other as sounding boards. So it's good to have that, that cross-generational dialogue. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And so for the old heads that like to just stay with the old heads, I think that's a very big mistake. And, and just not even hear the, the, the newer generation out. I think that's a mistake that some of us make.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking specifically on the Donovan Mitchell and Shaq situation, I was fine with the way Donovan Mitchell responded.
3: One hundred percent. Yeah. I I was a little surprised
0: he didn't elaborate because I never seen him act like respond that way before. But Shaq was basically like, "I said this and I said it on purpose, like as a way to challenge you because I know you could be better than what you are right now." And he said, "Okay." And to me, that says, oh, "Okay, I'm just I'm just I'm just going to shut you up. I'm going I'm going to play, you know, to the best of my ability." And I'm going to continue to get better because that's intrinsic motivation, but I don't need you to tell me that
3: mm-hmm. But
0: because you did. I'm a still proving wrong. So like, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way what was more off-putting was the way KD responded to the TNT crew when they were asking him about his comeback and stuff like that and his work routine. It was just kind of like, bro, like they asking you like legit questions right now. They're not even attacking your character. They're not attacking your game or anything. They're just kind of, trying to get a feel for what was your process through this time and Mm -hmm. i know you don't have to elaborate on things you you just have to talk to the media it's a horrible obligation for some people to have to do but i don't like the way he treated them in that sense i thought that was kind of disrespectful for i agree with you all in terms of carl malone has nothing to lose saying something about zion zion is not attacking carl malone's legacy one bit Donovan Mitchell is not a threat to Shaq's legacy, not one bit, Mm -hmm. they play two different positions anyway. So I look at it in terms of, in a soundbite generation, that's part of the problem because if you look, if you pick that up and say, I'm gonna take this limited soundbite and I'm gonna base my entire opinion around that 20 seconds, 30 seconds, perhaps a minute worth of information, I can miss the whole other nine minutes that surrounded that one minute. And when we talk about in what other context would we actually do that and say that that's okay? For instance, you know, we all come out of the church and stuff like that. So like that's like reading one verse in the Bible and saying, oh, that's exactly what this is all about. Well, you got to read the stuff around that because that's going to put that one verse into its proper context. Then you can make up your mind. You got to put those puzzle pieces together so Man, when,
2: that's
0: a whole that's a whole topic a whole <laughs> that's a whole topic for that's notion, a whole right? podcast within uh, itself right there that's sure yep. and so what i challenge the younger generation is like you should you should look up the full story and you could perhaps feel the same way afterwards and that's fine but at least you could say i have all the information i need to make that's up right. my mind that's so right. when people are judging these all oh, this person said this real quick and this person responded that way I think you're missing the bigger picture because you don't have all the information you need to make a proper decision. That's right. Uh, For the old heads, I think sometimes to our detriment, we we don't like the fact that we need to adjust sometimes to a younger generation. I think there's proper times for us to do that and proper times for us not to do that. Parenting has changed a lot. Things that we grew up with are not accepted today.
1: That is none nice.
0: of it we would even go to jail for today <laughs> so talk about some <laughs> experiences that, That's right. you know if we were that parent you know so there's some things that okay i the way that i was raised may be slightly different than the way i need to raise my kids That's i right. can't maybe i can't those are things i think the older generation has to look and say i need to be willing to evolve
3: mm-hmm.
0: i can't be stuck in the past i can appreciate it appreciate it um for all that it's worth And use some of those values perhaps to go into that. But I may have to display those values in a different way. Mm -hmm. You can't even coach people the same way anymore. So bringing it back to sports, I think some of the better coaches are coaches that are not just player coaches. They provide both structure and connectivity with their athletes. They provide the best of both worlds. You can have a coach that's too player-centered to the point where they lose structure. You have a coach that's too strict that the players feel like they're out of touch, like right? that the coach is out of touch with them. So that's what I would say about the two generations going together. But new generation, make sure you have all your facts straight before you decide to make up your mind about anything in life, especially about this kind of stuff.
2: That's right. And do actual research, not like I saw a quote on Twitter, like yeah. actual research, yeah, like, that's like Research
0: a page or two. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Well, that, that was that was a, that was a good topic there, and I <laughs> we have so much to say about that, but okay, we we're gonna leave it there for the sake of time here. Uh, That's
2: what I'm saying. We yeah we we gotta cut it short,
0: man. Yeah, cut that one short. So, uh, <laughs> Coach, wake up! I like to to kind of hear from you. Um, you were uh, able to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers game uh, last yes. week. and so a lot of people are talking about all these adjustments through COVID protocols, mm-hmm. what is the fan experience right now? A lot of us don't have that information. A lot of us haven't yeah. been able to access games. Uh, and, the, and then some things are just not letting the public know mm-hmm. until you're actually in that space.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so could you, you know, we heard a little bit from uh, our Blue Jackets interviewee and our Miami Marlins interviewee, some of the adjustments that they made, but there's nothing like being there. Could you tell uh-huh. us kind of what your experience was there in Cleveland?
1: So I'm looking up, uh, okay, so Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, which is where the Cavs play, uh, their capacity, their seat capacity is 20,000. Um, so they are allowed to host 3,000 fans per game. Um, so there were some places where social media, or social media, Jesus. There There's some places where social distancing was enforced and there were some places where they just could not do that. Um, mm-hmm. Like the entrances, they had the entrances spread out but people were ultimately guided into one area um, and were kind of just forced to, cause they, I mean, they, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't get nothing in there. They had the metal detectors, they had <laughs> the wands, like they had all, they checked women's purses and bags. It was crazy. But, you know, in some regards, in this new world, there's a few factors that are interesting. I'm, I'm a taller guy. I'm 6'5". And one of the things that has been difficult for me my entire life is space, mm-hmm. um, where things are just not built for me at my height, um, where I have to adjust and contort my body. And because of that, you know, like even right now, like my neck is killing me. Um, just based off of how I have to move and contort just throughout the course of the day. How my you know, I have to to like rig my desk to be a certain height, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that they did the seating and I'm really, I'm kind of rambling, but the way that they did the seating was they, each row had someone on both ends. They had four seats on both ends that were available and they had two seats in the middle. So my wife and I had the two seats in the middle and then there was nobody, the the two rows below you and the two rows above you were taped off. So for me, I was able to stretch out and put my feet on the seats below me and really like sit and enjoy myself. Mm. Um, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, they have up their lighting. Um, So like they had super dummy LED lights and the experience was really, really dope. Um, It was, you know, and the way that the stadium was built, the stadium was still getting loud at times as Cleveland was beating the dog poop out of the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) The stadium was getting louder because the fans were excited. Mm -hmm. Um, Or when James Harden, oh my God. When they say James Harden can't be guarded, like, it's real <laughs> because he would just, I mean, he would just drip. They tried everything. They tried doubling him. They tried moving him to one side. and He wasn't even like, you know, he was getting superstar star calls, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't traveling. He wasn't doing anything. He was just straight up basketball, just step back. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can't do anything with that. Um, but you would hear the crowd just sort of like deflate like, you he- you heard it so it was still so though it wasn't 20,000 people in the room or in the arena it still felt like there were people you know around um so i think the nba is is doing what they can doing what they can i know they're probably losing a lot of money um and this is just one of the ways that just the world has to adjust mm-hmm. but you know the biggest takeaway was i mean even like they had they had what was called active eating, which I hated. <laughs> so my wife and I got food and we basically had to, when you, you can only let your mask down to chew, to put food in your mouth. And then you have to put your mask back up and then chew with your mask on. Oh, like wow. little things like that. It's like, duh, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I will say that the staff there, they beat Chick-fil-A as having the best service I've ever experienced. <laughs> and it was all old black people, which I just made me love it even more. It's just all old <laughs> black people. And they were, just, they were just the most accommodating, nice. It was just your, your, your grandmothers and your, your uncles and your aunties and it just felt like that. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see how other people's experiences were. Um, but you know, I, my wife and I, we really enjoyed it. And I was like, yo, I kind of want to go to another Cavs game. You know if we can because tickets weren't weren't that bad um you know friend of mine gave us like a little discount but
3: mm-hmm.
1: um tickets weren't bad and I had really really good seats we were yeah, sort yeah. of like in the middle of the stadium mm-hmm. um on the lower level um like right above uh the the floor or whatever it was really good and we didn't pay a whole lot so you know I'm just curious to see what the NBA does moving forward um just because I mean I don't know if they open it up to like 5,000 afterwards. Like, I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't foresee us having a 20,000 seat venue field anytime soon. Um, but I hope that they get the logistics right to where they can let more people in because it has potential um, to be safe, but then to also still be like an authentic NBA experience for sure. Absolutely. So that's it was dope. dope. It was dope. It was dope. Do I have time to talk about some of the things that I noticed from a basketball perspective? Because I would love your opinion. Go ahead, go ahead. I've got notes. I've just got one line notes.
0: (laughs) Trash. They (laughs) (laughs) Horrible defense.
1: (laughs) First of all, I don't know when DeAndre Jordan got washed, but that man is washed up. I don't know what happened. Andre Drummond was eating his breakfast, lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. It was also really good to see Andre Drummond. Um, he seemed like he was in good spirits. Like he was enjoying his time in, in, in Cleveland. Um, I don't know if he's auditioning for a team that may need him like the Lakers, but as for now, he, he looked really happy in him coming out of Detroit. Like that was good to see. Um, In the words of my man, Coach JP3, Colin Sexton is a hooper.
0: Hooper. Certified bucket getter.
1: Bucket getter. Oh, my God. Um, really excited. Like, Cleveland is clearly putting the building behind him. They want him to be the next star coming out of the Cavaliers. All of their promo uh, information, all their stuff, um, all their marketing he was the centerpiece of that team mm-hmm. um more so than Kevin Love who who didn't play I didn't see him until like the fourth court he just came out in like a blazer and I was like where where you been at um <laughs> another another Hooper mm-hmm. somebody I did not know was a Hooper but he is indeed a Hooper is a uh, Darius Garland
0: yes yes sir he is
1: a Hooper I was very very uh pleased with his game um yeah, he's just, he's just, he's just, I just, I didn't know him. I wasn't familiar with him up until tonight or up until that game. Um, give me one second. There's another guy from the, the Brooklyn Nets who is also a Hooper. I got his number, but I did not know his name. His name is uh, Timothy Lawu L- 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 Cabarro. Have you all okay. ever heard of him? Yeah, you know. yeah, he's number nine for the Brooklyn Nets. He is a hooper, very, very dope, very good player. Um, you know there were there were there were moments where you know Kyrie and James were, Kyrie and James. Kyrie got a very quiet thirty-eight. Ooh. I mean, a very quiet
3: thirty-eight, a really quiet <laughs> thirty-eight.
1: I didn't know he had thirty-four because what happened was you can tell when the refs start giving calls to try and get the other team back into it. Cause Cleveland was beating the dog mess out and they was down like 18 with maybe three minutes left. Um, and Kyrie just takes the game over. Um, and I looked up at the, the huge led screen that they had that it was huge. It was like the Dallas Cowboy stadium. Huge. It was huge. I looked on, I was like, yo, Kyrie really has 34 points. Like, and it wasn't like a takeover, it was very quiet, which I appreciated. Um oh, um, James Harden is definitely um, he's definitely wearing the fat suit. He was definitely buddy love. Mm-hmm because he was not fat at all in, oh boy, in his he came out uh,
0: slim and trim. I'm I telling. don't
1: know what that was. That was sorcery and magic. And I bind that in the name of Jesus. right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was crazy. Um, One thing that, the, and the last thing I'll say, so one thing that coach Natty T brought up immediately was the Nets lack of defense, which mm-hmm. is very authentic. Um, There was another thing that I saw that, they were trying to implement that just was not working. Uh, For a good chunk of the game, the Nets were playing small ball. They actually had Harden guarding Jared Allen and Jared Allen was beating the dog poop out of James Harden. Couldn't keep up with him, couldn't keep Mm. him in front of him. So I'm Mm. like, on what planet? Now, Now, granted KD didn't play, but if you have DeAndre Jordan on the bench, who's your backup big man? Is he able to keep up and like, on what planet does that work? It kind of makes sense that that uh, Steve Nash is playing small ball. That kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Granted, it was only the second game of the season. I'm not about to throw them under the bus and say that it's impossible for them because I understand team chemistry and you know that takes time to build, um, but they gotta make some significant adjustments for the rest of the season if they even expect to get out of the East. Mm. Like, never mind never mind getting to the finals. Like, they might not the even East. get out of the East. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, based off of what I saw, like, they could do it, but the defense and the small ball, like, that just – that really killed it for me. And you're just not going to outscore the other team all the time. What are they going to do when they play Giannis? What are they going to do when they play the Bucks? You know
2: what I'm well, saying? Like, they have – they, they beat them up. <laughs> last week oh did they uh, yeah they beat them when it it was when it was just kd and uh and james harden
1: okay okay
2: they beat them yeah they beat the bucks
1: see i'm i'm curious to know if they can do that four times
2: yeah it's interesting
1: Mm -hmm. curious to know if they can do that four times Mm -hmm. i don't don't know i don't know small ball might work on miami maybe but i don't know i don't know
0: and in miami's case it actually works better than playing small ball, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. The one thing we saw from the Heat in the finals was their inability to really slow down Anthony Davis. Because he was able to pretty much get what he wanted. You yeah. know, and Anthony Davis at times takes himself out the game. You know, I don't think it's nothing special that the Heat are doing necessarily. I think Anthony Davis just disappears. And then he'll just come back and like reappear. And you're like, oh yeah, Anthony Davis plays for the Lakers. That's, a,
2: that's another that's another topic we gotta do. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. I don't know
0: <laughs> he, what's wrong with him. He should dude? be running away with MVP right he now. He should be, yeah, and he's not. He
2: I don't know and what he's yeah, doing
1: over there. And it's 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 LeBron. LeBron and, is looking like here, take over the game.
2: Yes. And, and, and Anthony's like, who me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like some something, something's up with that.
1: I don't know. Do y'all think that he has, I mean, I, I think this stuff exists, but like, do you think that he has like the a consistent killer instinct to just say, I'm going to take over the game? Like you talked about earlier with Kobe, mm-hmm. you know, in, the, in those nuggets series, like you're not going to win this series. Does AD no, have I, that?
2: I don't think so. I, I think he, and this is a problem I've always had with AD, even when he was at New Orleans, I feel like even when he got traded to the Lakers, I felt like, in his head, he should be like, I'm the best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I know LeBron's here. I know Giannis is out here, but, like, that's how he should play. And I feel like he still is kind of like, yeah, okay, LeBron, like, what you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah, man, like, you're Anthony Davis. Like, yeah, there's a few games where he kind of, like, takes on that that, that personality and you see it. But I don't think that's – that's who he is. And, you know, obviously you can't, you know, try to be someone that you're not, but right. I just think he just doesn't have that mentality of like, yo, I'm the best player, not on the floor, but I'm the best player in the NBA, period. Yeah. Y'all can't stop me. Mm-hmm. Give me the ball. He can't guard me. Try and bring somebody else on me. He can't guard me. But too many times, like you said, Coach JV3, he just kind of like takes himself out of the game. And it's like, yo, like, where's Anthony Davis? Has he been in the game? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So it's yeah, weird. Yeah. I'm like, where is he? I, and that's one thing that you know I don't question about some of the other players. Um, like I don't question KD in a sense. Yeah. And KD, you know, yeah. he's kind of he's tagged as you know this this very interesting guy. This you know this kind of like like bro, like bro. Like what's 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 up with you? Like what's really going on here? But as I said in another episode, like he never lets anything affect his game. Like, he's going to be a weird dude, but he's going to be a weird yeah. dude that drops 40 points on you. Facts. And, and so I think... That's the, that's the thing with KD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, he never he's lets whatever moment he's in get the, throw him off his game, which makes him scary. Yeah. And that's why he's pretty much unstoppable. AD has the same ability to do so, but how do you, as the, as the number two option and the most unstoppable person on your team disappear for minutes and minutes and minutes throughout the course of the game. Yeah. When KD's on the court, you know, KD's on the court. In the finals against Toronto and KD, you know, we talked about maybe he got back too soon and stuff like that. Then because we four shots. So like Kawhi was looking at everybody like, what um, are we going to do? You You guys could, I thought coach said you. It was like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> I, he made his presence so yeah. prominently and was only able to sustain a few minutes in the game but yeah. for those yeah. few minutes everybody we look because we were at coach natty t's wedding and and, uh, and yeah, that he was watching and, it in jamaica yeah, yeah. watching it was... in jamaica and everybody just kind of looked at each other like oh this this is different like well, ironically,
2: there were a lot of Toronto people there at the time. Yes. yes. Obviously, Jamaica and Canada has a big, mm-hmm. there's a big connection there. But yep. there was a whole gang of Raptors fans at the in the yes. lobby area. Dude, when KD hit those first two shots, like you could hear a pin drop in there. They were like, yes. oh. And then when he when he went down, that's when everybody got excited again. But yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, KP, <laughs> yeah, man. They Katie, look
1: they they look like drake Like he had their like fake consul- pretty much
2: yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah you're yeah, like I oh could... KD's out
1: oh no Yeah,
2: we have a chance to win it yeah hope yeah. he's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no but you but you're right though with kd because that's i honestly don't mind because even um going back to the old heads versus you know current players when he kind of went at uh the, the tnt dudes mm-hmm. I honestly don't mind it from KD because I think he's Jordan-esque in this way because he uses that as motivation on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind KD as much. When I realized that when um, the, the first championship with the Warriors, because when you're talking about the burner account and stuff, I yes. think he literally mm-hmm. uses that as motivation. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. actually don't mind it. Because I think when he's, like, going off on people, or even my, my favorite one is <laughs> when he was sitting there talking to the media, and he was like, yeah, y'all don't know ish about basketball. It was like, but didn't they vote you MVP, MVP? last year? <laughs> <laughs> so they don't know nothing about basketball, KD? But I think he's literally, like, in his head, he's just like, man, I'm going to be mad at y'all tonight, and I'm going to drop 50. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that's kind of Jordan-esque in a way. You know, Jordan just like make the makeup, the yeah. story is just to mm-hmm. motivate himself. Yeah. So I honestly don't mind. I actually don't mind KD. I've, I think that's strictly basketball related.
0: I've me. never heard that perspective before. And I'm that's, not for mad me, at me, it. That's, yeah, that, that's, what I, it it. that's because... what I caught on to it. That's what I caught on to it.
2: Because he, because like you said, he like, anytime he lashes out like that, watch him when he plays that next game. He mm. drops at least like 35, 40 every time. He's just mad, and he's trying to, like, motivate himself.
0: That's I think the that's conclusion I came to it. Yep. I think that's interesting because in all the media coverage that I've watched throughout KD's career, mm-hmm. it seems to be like this they, – what they would say about Jordan making up stories and saying they're like, oh, man, that's just his competitive nature coming out. He's looking for something just to tick him off that's enough KD. to –
2: That's KD.
0: But when KD does it, everyone's like, that's a weird dude like that. Yeah. Like, he, he acted funny. Is, is he, he – He's he's, what's going on with him, but we don't question some of the other, you know, great players we've seen in this league when they do that. Uh,
2: But it's different because to coach Wake up's point, I mean, it's it's a different world we live in, so Mm -hmm. he's gonna motivate himself a little differently. He's gonna use social media to motivate himself, Mm -hmm. so I don't have a problem with it because I'm just like, because every time he goes off on the media, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that next KD game, he's about to go off on somebody.
1: And then when you hear him in interviews. He sounds like coherent, yeah. and he can articulate and explain himself. <laughs> uh-huh. That's how I know that yeah. that's just basketball. To your point, uh-huh. right? You know what I'm saying like if he gets it, if that's what he needs to get in that mood, then cool. But when you hear him talk, right. he just he doesn't sound like he's just in his own world. Like he still sounds present in yes. his right mind. So like yes. yeah, it's just basketball. And if he needs to go to that place, then that's that's cool. He's just, like he's just like
2: yeah, y'all don't know squat about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm cool I with, I'm cool yeah. with I like, it. I'm cool with it.
1: I'm cool with KD. Mo, see? yeah.
2: He proves it on the court. Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah,
0: I think, yeah. I think y'all changed my mind there. I, I never saw it that way because when yeah. people talk about him, they don't talk about him in that vein. They talk about him like, where is this dude mentally? Like, yeah. where, what is he thinking?
1: Because when people, because when you hear people talk about it, it's usually the media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's who he's talking about. And <laughs> they, feel, they feel a way like, are yeah. you gonna say that about me? Like, well, because yeah. he's right, you know what I'm
0: saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, can, both, yeah, and I think about it, I could picture Jordan like, Oh, uh, really? Carl Malone, the MVP, really? Well, Are like, y'all sure about that? That's what he, he did. Charles he did. Barkley, did. y'all, yeah. okay, okay,
2: all right. Clyde Drexler, I mean, poor Clyde
0: Drexler, Clyde did nothing wrong. Like,
2: poor oh, Dan Marley, good player, <laughs> me. I know. <no. laughs> Yeah. oh that my GM thinks you're a better player than me he's like dude I'm just here trying to play man I don't know I didn't say nothing to you
0: yeah <laughs> oh man that's KD that's KD that is KD I, yeah. I I completely see that I I respect I see it now my my I've been enlightened there <laughs> uh, and you was talking about we've been doing a lot of old school new school talk today and and for our last topic we're gonna get into and we built off. we're building off of what we talked about last week a little bit and has social media helped or hurt sports overall? And so we can go different directions. We could talk about the sports in general or like specific leagues. We can talk about players and their marketability uh, and everything. like. So there's a big conversation here. Coach Natty T, what does that mean to you when you talk about has social media really helped or hurt sports?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, we kind of alluded to it a little bit towards the end of last week's show. I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, because personally, Coach Daddy T, I actually hate social media, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm on a podcast in which we promote it on social media, it's going to sound very hypocritical, but the the easy answer for me is yes, but when I take a deeper look at it, um, and... I don't, have you guys seen the, the the social media documentaries on Netflix? No, uh,
1: like, but I've heard about them. they like, yeah, the so like the social experiments, something like that. So,
2: one's called The Social Dilemma, and then the other one's called The Great Hack. Okay. So it, it basically, well, one, The Great Hack is kind of more, a little bit more political because it showed like how 45 use a certain company to kind of infiltrate a certain voter group in America, blah, 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 blah. But when I take a deeper dive into it with social media, it's easy to blame social media. But if you look at what they've, what it really does, and how it kind of like influences our inner thoughts and just our, our brain works in terms of that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, when that notification bell goes on, like you just have to like, oh shoot, yeah, what's going on? social media is designed to tap into that Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so as much as we can put some of it on social media i think it still comes down to us as human beings as individuals because you don't have to constantly be like this you don't have you know what i mean you can say no and again i'm a I'm not gonna use myself as an example because again, I it's easy for me to say that because I'm only on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Facebook, I'm kind of I'm kind of a caveman myself. Even my <laughs> even my my Instagram account, I don't poorly post anything. Like I look up funny stuff and swart stuff, but that's not mm-hmm. it. So it's easy for me to say that. But I I do think at the end of the day, we have the choice in terms of the power that social media has or doesn't have over us. So as I kind of relate that back to sports and our conversation last week, I do feel like social media has influenced sports in a lukewarm a lukewarm fashion, I should say, because mm-hmm. I do think some of the substance has been kind of drawn out a little bit. And, we, and again, talking about it last week, and we brought up Alan Iverson, right? And we kind of t- went into you know, when Jordan left, how the NBA kind of like did a more kind of like a team marketing situation where you had, you know, you had the Lakers and then you had Alton Iverson who had that kind of the cultural impact. But at the same time, social media wasn't what it was as like back then as it is now. So there was kind of a nostalgic feel to it. And again, like I brought up with, uh, with the last dance with with the bulls, right? I think part of the allure of Michael Jordan was the fact that you only saw him so many times. It just Mm. created that, like, almost that godlike figure, I must say. I hate to say that. But Mm. it it created that that bandwidth of legend for him that it's tough to recreate now because everything's in your face 24-7, right? Right. And even from a news cycle standpoint, like we have, there's literally like back then it was just sports center. Like that was it. Now, like you literally have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 different mm-hmm. sports channels on 24, seven, and you know, 24, seven. Yes. And you actually have like multiple debate shows where they're just talking about sports. Yep. So they're yep. going to come up with all these random topics to fill in the time. Right. Absolutely. So, yep. Yep. I do think it's it's partial social media has kind of brought that, I guess that inner attention seeking personality of human beings. Mm -hmm. So it's the medium of what has brought us to today. But ultimately, I think it still comes down to us as as individuals to say, Yeah. Do I really need that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: Eh,
1: Absolutely.
2: Do I really need to write that? and i think sports has from an organization standpoint i think what they've done is they kind of like really use social media as their measuring stick if you will but at the same time i don't think that's a good measuring stick because it's it's so in the moment it's so flash in the pan if you will it's so Hot take ish, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of substance to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, because there's a bunch of kids on there. Like, you can't trust these kids, man. Like, half of them don't even watch the game. They're just pulling highlights up and they're like, oh, man, look at that Mm dub. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not even Mm -hmm. watching the games. So, you can't rely on that. So, that's that's just kind of my, in terms of a sports, you know, social media and sports, that's just kind of my overall thought on it. I just think that. You know, it's it's good, but they need
0: to.
2: It allows people to be lazy. I think a little bit. You got to dig a little deeper.
0: Yeah, that's a good take, Coach Waker. What does that mean to you? What do you think about the impact of social media on sports? Oh Jesus! I
1: I gotta I gotta follow that.
0: Listen, (laughs) there's a reason why I go last on this show. (laughs) So like, I can choose whether like enough said, and I'll move on to the next topic, or I'm like, okay, I got something to say.
1: Man, you know, you know, the older I get, you know, I've been on social media since 2000, like the Black Planet days. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? Shout <laughs> out,
0: <laughs> Mixrace.com hollow. Yeah, you what I'm saying, saying. <laughs> <laughs> mute your mic over there. <laughs> Oh
1: my God. You're stupid.
2: Oh that was God. real. That was a real website. That's- I know it was. I remember oh. you being on that junk. I was like, James, I am not coming over to your house anymore. <laughs> this fool showed
0: me this website. I'm like, James, what is this? I made it to the hot or not section. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, I was it. like,
2: Oh, my
1: God. I would
2: not want to see this, man.
1: Hot or not.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Coach.
1: Nah, No, I needed that. Um... You, yeah. So like I've seen, I've seen, you know, people always talk about the power of social media, and, yeah. you know, people, people leverage it to, you know, create change or bring awareness or create opportunities, you know, um, my cousin now um, is the head trainer at uh, Larry Hughes basketball school based off of his mixtape that he put on social media. Wow. Like, that's great, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But to Natty's point, the other side is just trash. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, so not only do you have, I think the biggest thing, not only do you have the kids, the biggest thing that you have is a lack of accountability. (laughs) So if I say Coach JP3 is trash, (laughs) if i say it to your face i'm accountable to that yeah right so so we're gonna have a conversation or you're gonna punch me in the face or whatever you're gonna do you know who your who your target is right but you have people who hide behind alias accounts people who who you know i mean create burner accounts like katie um you know to a much greater degree but like KD is trying to motivate himself. He's in there like talking about him. He's not going, I mean he might be, but you know, he as far as we know, he's not going around like just slandering other people. He right, might right. be, he probably is, but like like malicious slander, like if it's just basketball but like like really really setting out to hurt someone and not being accountable to the for the things that you say because this era is an era that just obviously didn't get punched in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. the era I come from, if you say something crazy, you liable to get your lips smacked off your face if you say it to exactly. the wrong person. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that creates a level of respect and, and it, it forces you to have tact. And if you don't like something, how you communicate it matters. Um, so, you know, when it comes to sports, there's so many opinions in real time everybody's trying to keep up with the moment the moment the moment the moment and there's a, and i'm always just reminded of like scripture that talks about like holding your tongue mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like my father used to always say you got two ears and one mouth you mm-hmm. know so you should listen more than you talk
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so The need to like keep up with this imaginary rat race because the minute you make it, the minute you're on time, it like it's just gonna keep going. When you're asleep, while we're filming this episode, the hamster wheel is still going. Something has happened today that we've missed. Mm -hmm. And to to try to keep up with that based off of the premise of there's power in social media, and we all have dreams and goals that we want to accomplish, and social media makes it easy. You know because I think that's maybe the good side of, of social media that it allows us to connect to things and people that we otherwise wouldn't. How else, Natty, would you and I know what Ninth Wonder feels about sampling in the moment?
2: Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you yeah. and I
1: like I like Knife Wonders on my Mount Rushmore. Like I yep. love Ninth Wonder. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So to like hear his insight in real time is great.
3: Yes. You know?
1: yep. On the flip side you've also realized that some of your heroes are idiots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I always think, you know, we always hold these guys in regard, but like, yo, what if, what if, what if Jordan had, you know, Twitter? What if, what if Tupac had Instagram? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a lot of our heroes would suffer the same fate. They wouldn't be held as, you know, the, the, the deities that they are, if we were able to see more of the, their, their, you know, real authentic side of them. So, you know, just to wrap it up, like for the, for the, for the fan, you know, like find your own pace. in social. if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to keep social media, the good thing about it is that it creates all these little niches and you can create your own, your own pace. If Natty has an account and all Natty wants to do is look at memes and look at basketball stuff, he can do that because that's his own pace. He doesn't have to keep up with the algorithms. He doesn't have to keep up with posting yep. every day. Like that's not necessary because you're gonna burn yourself out. We have other things like real life and families <laughs> and responsibilities and mortgages and you know things that we're trying to set up so that you know we're not working for the rest of our lives. Um, and if we're just keeping up with this social media race, it's just going to be no benefit to everybody. So how I, I, I hope that I hope that transitions in the sports. I mean, oh, that's the last thing. This is the last thing I'll say, because of that, that sort of mentality has now gotten into the ESPNs and the Fox Sports. Uh, where uh. now they're just because now because when, when we were younger, sports Center would. They would record SportsCenter one time at seven o'clock in the morning. That was the live show. Yep. And they would replay it until like noon. Yeah. So whatever happened the night before, you just gonna watch it again and over again and, over and again and, over and over again. again. But now, in this social media era where we're always on our phones, now ESPN feels like they have to keep up. And I'm just using, though I don't like ESPN, I'm just using them as an example. So now you have to have all these different personalities. And then on top of that, now they just have to say stuff in order to like, keep the conversation going even if it's not even even if it's not a real topic i don't believe that kendrick perkins believes 80 percent of the stuff that he says oh, he's okay. just like what am i gonna say today and i'm just gonna throw it on the wall and hopefully it sticks and it's just gonna it's just gonna keep me in the conversation mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i still feel like people like shannon sharp have have this ability to uh keep up but then also still be very mindful and thoughtful with the things that they say. I think mm-hmm. he does a, a great job of yeah. presenting himself. He is and not 100% looking like an idiot.
0: Him his authentic self yeah, every episode. Yeah, that's Shannon. Yeah. That's Shannon,
1: and I yeah. and I love it. Like love he's not too. he's not trying yeah. to keep up a, fa- a facade or whatever. So I think that's the bad side of it is that it, people just feel like they have to share everything that's on their mind. Lately, I go to the group chat. I used to go to Twitter a lot, but now when I have a thought in real time, I go to the group chat. Mm-hmm. Let me just get that off. Even if there's no response, or even if the response is, you know, uh, even if there's contention or there's pushback to this thought that I have, I would much rather have it in a safe space with my homies than right. just out in public where all these, you know, these people who I don't know would go back and just say, disparaging things about I me and have me ready to fight somebody that I don't even know and I can't even touch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you can walk
1: outside
0: mad like, hey. you know like man. where they at? Where they at? They <laughs> better not be right here.
1: Yeah, hey, I'm just <laughs> punching walls. I'm punching babies. Like, what I look like, man? It's, it's, it's corny. So yeah. there's good and bad sides to it, but mostly the way things are going now is definitely bad. And I think that there needs to be a social media revolution. And, and some some things have to change. They have to
0: change. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I think I'm going to, those are all great points and I like how you all have just built on different facets there. Um, I agree with the, the relevancy of sports channels having to consistently generate click worthy material because they're trying to transition their takes from the television screens to the phone screens of people that are viewing on social media. I, I you know, I can't believe this person said this is it's a, they're, too, trying to just stay relevant in all types of consumer vehicles, on all types of consumer vehicles.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I'm going to approach this topic similar to last week and looking at the effect of the business side of things. So let's talk about it. We are starting to see it already. Now, the television contracts are extremely lucrative. Uh, and and perhaps more lucrative than streaming services can offer right now right 100%. yep i'm anticipating there's a time where that's going to shift 100 percent. and it's shifting, it's shifting it's shifting because leagues are starting to experiment right all right well you know we'll throw an nfl game on amazon and just make sure that amazon's the only place where it could go i when when you see stuff like that happening that's not like randomness like that's people at a table talking and saying hey I think we foresee this going in this direction but we're not 100 sure if it's the right moment let's see how people respond to it so we're gonna we're gonna do some tests to see how people respond to it and then maybe that one game will turn into two that two may turn into three uh so I think that's that's the shift that's going on as far as leagues where they broadcast their product I think we've also been irresponsible in terms of, we gotten lazy on how we market the athlete and how athletes market themselves too. Because if you go on any given page, nine out of 10 athletes have their own clothing line. How many of you know that about your athlete? How many of you have actually been moved to purchase from that athlete? Because I'm waiting to land on the page and then I may see a link, I may see a picture of you with it. What business has proven over and over is that there is hype beast behind things and that does sell. There's that lane, there is emotional attachment to something and that sells. That's why Jordan sneakers will always be relevant. That's right. As long as people, we're there, we're, you know, we're able to, to watch him and have a connection there. There's a reason why they're not called the black and red 12s. They're the flu game 12s.
3: <laughs> That's right.
0: Because there's, a, there's an emotional moment attached to that. That's right. We can't say the same thing for James Hart and Damian Lillard uh, and all these other people, though they are phenomenal at what they do for a living. The brands have not been good at capitalizing on the moment, right? So what shoe did Damian Willard w- wear when he made the game-winning shot on Oklahoma City? We don't know. And that's, <laughs> that's a right. shame, we should know.
1: I, I, I saw that he recently put out a colorway, a OKC colorway of his shoes yes. with that, but yes. it should be a retro of the exact shoe.
0: Yes. So, you're, so would, would a consumer rather say that's the shoe that he wore I want that shoe because I remember watching that game and that was absolutely ridiculous. Or that's like two years later coming out like, oh, remember I made that shot? Well, here's something that's a colorway that will remind you of it. It's not the same. It's not the same Adidas missed the mark. I'm sorry. Like, like, And, and in, in an era where you can literally feed people that all the time, that should have been the next move. Is after he makes that shot, man, so many people are talking about this we Need to push that shoe out a little bit more, a little bit harder, get people to connect the shoe with the moment.
1: Yeah,
0: they these major companies have not done a really good job with that. And we were talking last week about the memorable commercials that we used to watch growing up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, I referenced the Alan Iverson and Jada Kiss commercials mm-hmm. like, man, like Classy. legendary stuff. That's you what know, like, I always
2: remember too the one where he's at Rucker Park
0: and then it's yes. just like.
2: He's just hooping and then it just zooms in on a shoe. And that's the only time they they did the shoe. Yes. And yeah. that was it. I was like, yo, that, that commercial. Oh, yeah. You don't see commercials like that. You
0: dude. don't see, you know, the Jordan commercials where he's playing himself, you know, in mm-hmm. different stages of his career. Uh, the commercials with, uh, Larry Bird and, and they're doing the horse, you know, challenge and, and they're trying to do create, create crazy shots and everything like that.
1: The Larry Johnson, the grandmama and the react juice
0: and the react juice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Little penny, you know, and, penny. And, and, and you're looking at you're able to attach something. So we really don't have much to attach to these athletes and their products anymore, whether yeah. they're a homegrown product or they're being pushed by a major company. That's right. You don't have that. And I think it's very limiting for the success, the financial success of those athletes. I don't think you're maximizing the moment. And it's like, imagine if Jordan had the leverage of social media at his disposal and Nike was able to capitalize on that while he was still playing. Imagine what yeah. those numbers would be like at, at that point in time.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: If they use the same philosophy. So I think there's, there's a time where, On the business side of things, you need to evolve, but not necessarily change everything about what you do to Mm -hmm. be effective. Using social media as a vehicle, but you're still using the same principles that help you build your success before social media. You're just doing it through a different outlet. I think companies have missed the boat on that. Uh, And when you refuse Mm -hmm. to evolve, you end up like Blockbuster. When you refuse to evolve, you end up like Skype why is this not Skype's moment? That's right. Right? They were ahead of the game because virtual connecting was like, oh, Skype, right off the top of the dome, Skype. Mm -hmm. Why has Zoom, Teams, WebEx, why have all these platforms surpassed in people's minds? You missed your moment. That's right. You refuse, you do not have the proper leadership and the adjustment to be able to take advantage of when your moment comes. And I I feel that I know like when you're already a millionaire, some of these things may not be as important, but looking at what you could be bringing in from your marketability, I think you're marginalizing your own impact when you don't do it in a way that is attaching something to the consumer. Because, and especially in an era where, what's up next? What's up next? You gotta create something that sticks. So even though it, it may be a day later and they scrolled up and the, there's a new best thing out, they still remember your thing now. Yeah. And they're moved to purchase it. I don't yeah. see a lot of people move to purchasing. And that includes LeBron, as great as he is. That includes LeBron James.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 LeBron is tr- – they're trying to do that with him, like they're retro in the eights and
3: mm-hmm.
2: –
1: you know, like they're trying to, but But
2: like I said, they missed the mark on it. They missed the mark. And and even, and we just brought up LeBron. Like I, when I think about him, I feel sorry for him because he, his career is going to be in this era where I feel like that day LeBron James retires, you know, it's going to be LeBron day, LeBron week. Mm -hmm. But next Mm -hmm. week, I feel like there's people are just going to move on to the next thing. Because they already mm-hmm. started doing that when, um, you know, when Steph Curry with the back-to-back MVPs. Like, they was already, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, Steph. Like, they was already, like, pushing LeBron, like, yeah. on the back burner a little bit after mm-hmm. all – after everything he's done up to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, they were already, like, all over Steph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I worry, like – and in my opinion – when I look at the moves that he tries to make and even just how he operates himself on social media, the things that he says, like when he talks to the media, the little cold war shots, he may take at like Michael or doing this or doing that. I feel mm-hmm. like he's always trying to find a way to keep himself in that conversation, in that mm-hmm. race against social media. Cause mm-hmm. I think he knows like if, if he doesn't, if he's not planning his last dance documentary, like he people are going to gonna
1: forget. Yeah. Yes. He's going to have to. <laughs> you
2: know he what I'm saying? Like he's kind of fighting. He's, he's fighting the ghost of Michael Jordan in both facets, right? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I actually feel kind of sorry for him because I, I really fear like once he retires, like whoever the hot player is at that time, maybe it's Zion, I don't know. <laughs> but people are going to just be like, yeah, LeBron was a good player and you're going to have like his diehard fans. I think he's the GOAT, but then the way social media works, it's just going to move on to the next thing. And it's not going right. to appreciate the greatness. You know what I mean? So right. like, I feel kind of sorry for him in a way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: James, you made an excellent point about the business and TV. Have you, did you guys uh, catch wind of what happened with uh, WWE this week? No. however. So you know they have their own standalone service like a network. Yeah, so they yes. have an app, it's a it's a you know, it's a streaming service. You pay $9.99 a month, you get access to all the pay-per-views, you get access to the entire library of all their stuff. Um, they've been building that up since I want to say 2012.
2: Yeah, yeah. They
1: they recently sold it to NBC streaming service called Peacock yep. for, uh-huh. I believe, close to a billion dollars. Wow. So wow. now all of that content is now going over to Peacock. Peacock. So what you were saying, James, just kind of reminded me. It makes me think of like what ESPN is trying to do with their UFC deal, mm-hmm. where there's like an event every week. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to Shoot Caffeine, URL, if you guys are still watching rap battles, like there's, a, mm-hmm. there's an event on the app like every other week mm-hmm. trying to keep up with this content. And so what I could see the NBA doing is if ESPN isn't willing to pony up the money that they that – they, you know, uh, that they want Hulu might, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, Netflix might, because that's how people are consuming television is not through, um, you know, live cable TV, the way we were, which I think is why a lot of those commercials don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I could see if not the NBA, some sort of sports organization selling their entire library to a, a, a large streaming service, and those mm-hmm. are the new bags. I could mm-hmm. see that. And your your perspective just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're beginning to see it with WWE. So I'm wondering, you know, if if NBA or someone else is gonna follow suit in the near future.
2: Yeah. No, we were we we were alluding to that last week because we were talking yeah. about how at least I, I had mentioned um that I think <laughs> the ironic thing is the NFL does a better job of connecting with its core following yes. than the NBA does. Interesting. Okay. I, I think the NBA, because what was the topic last week? Is is the future of the NBA in doubt? Is that, that's what, yeah, that's I what the last was question it. was. Yeah. Right. Right. So at first we were talking about just players, like we just put the scenario if, of if lebron james retired today like who would kind of take up that next mantle mm-hmm. but then we went into that business discussion and i i think the nba it's kind of losing touch a little bit with its core following the people that have been there since day one and i brought up the warriors example they moved to san francisco in that new stadium and all those people in the Oakland, they can't even afford to go to the games. Right. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. joint is so expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And, That's facts. And to your point, right, I mean, maybe they need to kind of think about how they want to have access to NBA games. Because we talked about it with NBA TV. Like, my, me and my wife have Verizon FiOS, Pretty basic package. You know what's on there? NFL Network. You don't have to pay extra for that. You got to pay extra mm-hmm. for NBA TV.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So You see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they're marketing to this middle, upper middle class base because they're trying yeah. to gain on that, that, uh, that purchasing power, if you will. Mm-hmm. But you're abandoning your core fans and the people that's been there since day one. And if you are able to give them more accessibility to your product, they're going to continue to be there and you have a core following. Now you just have to just kind of develop it a bit more. But to your point, like maybe if they do like a Hulu deal or a Netflix deal, maybe that like, cause everybody has those. Cause a mm-hmm. lot of people don't even have cable. They just have Hulu mm-hmm. or they just have like Sling TV. Like yeah. put yourself, put your, put your product in those like accessible markets and you have more mm-hmm. viewership. You have more people actually watching the game and not like, oh, well, I got to see the highlights on Sport Center because I can't really afford NBA TV
0: or I can't afford League pass. pass. You know man. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's,
2: I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my thought.
0: And, you know, I think there are some examples to your point, Coach Natty T. On, on one of our first episodes, you mentioned Steph Curry. And we were on there when we talked about Steph Curry, Under Armour, Under Armour, talk about rivaling Jordan and stuff like that. And what you <laughs> said was not only is that an asinine concept in general, but like <laughs> if you were to capitalize on any part of Steph Curry's career to even try to make it competitive, it would have been his MB, MVP years. Yeah, it was right? like three, four years ago. Now you're going to wait until after he's coming back from, a, from an injury and the Warriors weren't even relevant last year, so neither was he. Right. Right. To try to do that. Now, now is not the time to try to do that. You missed your prime time to do that. That's
1: right. That's where
0: right. when Jordan was already with Nike and, and and had, you know, a following in his first, you know, his first year, right, his first time wearing them and then he gets hurt and then he comes back and then he mm-hmm. goes off at the Boston guard. So like that, that kind of rejuvenated. So it was like a less bit of out of sight, out of mind time for for yeah. that who did it correctly actually was New Balance.
1: I told y'all.
0: Yeah. And-
1: They, they bodied it.
0: it. They bodied it, Coach Wakeup was absolutely right. They bodied it because I'm never gonna forget those Kawhi Leonard commercials. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna forget those, those. I'm not a huge fan, I, I would like to try to shoe on, but I'm not a huge fan of the way they look for my style, so I probably wouldn't buy them. But I think from a brand saying, how can we responsibly promote one of our athletes and get a piece of the pie? I think they yeah. did it the right way. The problem is Kawhi didn't hold it up on his end.
2: Yeah, I, that's mm. what man. I'm telling you, if he, if they would have won the championship this year, yes, you know, because, mm. because again, and I think it's all about perception too, right? In terms of mm. when you're talking about the mass public of people mm. or, or the the court of public opinion, mm. like facts don't matter as much. It's just a it, mm. is is the port the court of public opinion is in your head. Can you sell this person to the mass public? Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Like, is it like, because I may not even have cared about the shoe. They made it look like orthopedic shoes, as as, as, uh, as Shannon Sharp likes to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he goes back to back championships with two different teams and beats LeBron in the Western Conference Finals and wins the championship. Hey. They're like, man, those Kawhi's look kind of good, though. Yeah. It because changes, there's an emotional
0: attachment which changes an, your perception. It changes yes. the perception.
2: It does. Right. So you right, you never know. And that's and again, like you said, the, the big part with Jordan, because Jordan's shoes are horrible basketball shoes to play in. Like absolutely yeah. horrible. I think they made a different version for him because there's no to. way he played in those. <laughs> no yeah. But they look dope, and look dope. there's an emotional detachment. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So,
0: so when people say those, those 11s look like space shoes, and I'm like, no, 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 no. No, Why, these not, are the 11s. Like, like these are the out. 11s, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like, if you were talking about space shoes, you better be referring to Space Jam, these black right. ones right here with the, with right. the royal blue. Like, yeah. that that's a connection. it So it's like, man, like, no matter if we think it's the best looking shoe, we're still going to gravitate toward it. We're still going to at least be thinking fondly of it at the very least, at the right. very least. Absolutely. Yes. So, wow. You know, I think this is going to be a topic that's going to continue to develop on our, our agendas and everything, as we see things come to fruition. Uh, so appreciate y'all listening out there. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for tonight. Uh, so on behalf of Coach Wake Up and Coach Natty T, I'm Coach JP3. We're signing off for tonight. Um, be safe, be smart out there and take care of each other. All right. Peace.